Yeah, I had to get my bigger one. Bigger print. Oh, please. This is my, <laughs> this Bible. my Bible. It, it is, is always true and the final authority. My Bible is God talking to me. I read this word daily. I meditate on this word day and night. This word is rooted and grounded in my heart. This word feeds and grows my spirit. Therefore, my flesh does not control me. I walk according to the Spirit. I am a child of God. I have the mind of Christ. God's thoughts are my thoughts. God's words are my words. And God's actions are my actions. I am a doer of the word. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we are going to pray, and then we're going to ju- jump right into the book of Galatians. Right. The book of Galatians. This is our fourth week in Galatians, and uh, we're still in chapter three. Well, at least. <laughs> but, but we're not in, you know, our third month, and we're only in chapter three. Right. So we're, we're doing okay. So let's uh, pray and Set our expecting hearts and uh, get into the Word tonight. All righty. Okay. Well, Lord, we thank you for being here with us today, and we thank you for giving us the wisdom and the knowledge and to know just exactly what to preach and what to speak about. Lord, we know that, that we come expecting and we come with expectant hearts and desiring to hear your Word and just right for us that are here in, in this place at this time that will help us to grow our spirits and to, and to become closer to you and to become uh, more like you lord because we we wish to emulate you we we wish to be like you and lord we just love you and we and we thank you very much for everything that you do for us and all that you've done for us and we thank you for for all your many blessings lord and we just thank you for giving us the words in jesus name yes thank you father we ask that you think through our minds um oh father god we thank you that we ask that you think through our minds speak through our lips uh the very oracles of god and, Father, that you use our tongue as that of the pen of the ready writer. Father, we set our hearts to receive upon the good ground. And, Father, we bind Satan. We command him that he will not come immediately to still kill and, de- still kill and destroy the word that's sowed into the hearts. He will not uh, hinder the revelations from coming forth to the people. And, Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, glory to God. Uh, We've been studying the book of Galatians. Like I said, this is our fourth week. Uh, Last week we started on chapter 3, and we ended in verse 14. uh, But we're going to back up to verse 1. We're going to back up to verse 1. We're not going to, I'm not going to say a whole lot uh, until we get down to about verse 6 other than just to kind of summarize a little bit. Um, but there's, there's a lot in this book. There's, there's, just, there's just so much in Paul's letter to the church at Galatia. Um, and, uh, you know, um, well, where was this church of Galatia? It was in modern-day Turkey. The book of Galatia, Galatia was in the was in what we call modern day Turkey. So I guess technically it's like my hometown. Yeah, well your home country. <laughs> yeah, your home country. Technically. Uh yeah, what were you there for? Two days or something? Seven. Oh you oh that's right, you were there for seven, that's right. 
military child. So uh, we're going to pick up here in uh, chapter 3, verse 1, and uh, we're going to read down to verse 6. Well, verse 5. All right. So chapter 3, verse 1. Foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has evidently set forth, has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by, by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the faith or by the flesh? Sorry. Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Okay. So put you in remembrance. So Paul is the writer of the epistles of Galatia. Uh, Paul was a Jewish uh, man who was also, he was Roman, but he was also Ro- uh, he was uh, a citizen of Rome, but he was Jewish. He was the Pharisees of Pharisees. He was actually known as Saul before he met the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. And then many, many, many years later, uh, he goes and he's preaching here, and, and he writes this letter to Galatia, uh, and he's correcting some problems. And he's talking to them because what's happening in the church at Galatia is Jews are coming, people are being born again, coming into the New Testament church. They're living according to what to the work that Christ did for them. In other words, they're no longer living under the old Mosaic law that was laid down in uh, the books of the in in the uh, Pentateuch in the Torah, the first five books of Moses. They're no longer living by that law. Because Jesus came to set us free from that law or to fulfill the law. So they are not, so they're no longer doing their blood sacrifices. They're no longer, um, uh, they're no longer doing their certain penances. They're no longer uh, washing their hands in certain ways before they eat. They're no longer following the Sabbath, which means from sunset on Friday to sunset on Saturday. They're not doing any work. They're, no, they're going about their lives like we go about our lives now because Jesus is now their Sabbath. So the church at Galatia, they're, they're living very much so like a Christian, a proper Christian lives today, a proper Christian, one that lives sin-free um, but lives in the freedom of Christ, not following the law. Uh, however, some Jews have come into this church, unaware, uh, have come in, they've snuck in, uh, with the purpose of trying to get all these baby Christians, what we would call baby Christians, into getting back into the law. In other words, they're trying to get them to circumcise their flesh, which we've talked a lot about what that is. Uh, they're trying to get them to uh, do, you know, wash their hands, only eat certain foods, bless, do certain blessings before they do certain things do certain types of offering. They're trying to get them back under the ordinances of the law. And Paul comes in and Paul says, he says, you foolish people. Now this word foolish, what he's talking about is people that are unwise, 
In other words, they're not, they're not using wisdom. Uh, this word actually specifically means sensual. In other words, they're being moved by what they hear, what they see, what they taste, what they smell. They're, they're being moved by their physical senses. Um, or they're unintelligible. In other words, they're not thinking for themselves. They're not thinking for themselves. He said, who has bewitched you or who has, um, who has charmed you or fascinated you by false representations? In other words, uh, they're, they're, they're getting you to, you know, they're, they're getting you off into air with their, with their reasonings. He says, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? See, these people, you have to understand that the people of Galatia, this was, this was I mean, these people uh, were aware of Christ's existence. They had family members who had actually been healed by Christ. They had, because Christ had been up in Galatia some years prior. Uh, they, had, they knew that Jesus was real. Uh, they understood all of that. He said, um, he says, why will you not obey the truth? In other words, why will you not obey the teachings of Jesus uh, when your own eyes have been evidently set forth his crucifixion? In other words, you, you have seen with your own eyes the evidence of Christ. You've seen the works of Christ. You've seen the evidence of Christ. Well, have we seen the evidence of Christ today? Absolutely. There's a, there is a huge amount of evidence that Jesus Christ was an actual man. Uh, there's a huge amount of evidence uh, that points to, from historical documents and stuff, that he was actually even born of a virgin. There's huge evidence of, of his crucifixion. In fact, the theologians and um, even historians that are that don't even believe in Christianity, they will. There's no doubt amongst any of them that Christ is a real person and that Christ was crucified. The only thing that they, they said, the only thing that they can't really find evidence of, is why he was crucified. They can't. That's what they couldn't. That's the only evidence they can't find is the reason why. In other words, where are the legal documents that he broke the law? Well, there aren't any because he didn't break the law. That's why there's no evidence of him breaking the law that would warrant him being crucified because he, he never did. He never did anything to, be, uh, to warrant that, uh, to be crucified. So, he, so here Paul is asking, you know, if you have this evidence before you, if you have this, this experience before you, if you've experienced the power of God, why are you now being persuaded over into doing things that are no longer of God? That's what he's basically asking. And I love how Paul writes. You see this in Corinthians. You see this in Romans. You see this in every book that Paul writes. One of Paul's earmarks is Paul asks questions that are obviously, the answer obviously is no to. That's like one of the earmarks of Paul's writings. And what you've got to realize is Jesus was in Galatia. He, yes. he preached to these people. Yes. They heard the truth straight from the horse's mouth, so yes. to speak. Yes. 
So why and 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 he taught them how to be. Now they would have been much do. younger because remember Paul came after Jesus's ascension. Right. So they would have been younger, but still, when but they at had the same heard, time, seen, heard and seen Jesus. many of them at the church there had heard the word straight from Christ. Right. So why why now would Jews be able to come into the church and try to make Christians turn into Jews? Right. It, it shouldn't be possible. Well, how does that relate today? Because because people do this today. I pointed this out last week. People will try to get you, the modern day Christian, the New Testament believer back under the law they'll try to get you to follow this up if you got a question honey it's fine it's okay they are they are but see the jews follow the old testament law these are people that we're now transitioning to new testament so you're following it you got it so um but people today will try to get you to eat uh Oh, that's an un, you know, you can't eat, you can't eat certain foods on, you can't eat, you know, shrimps and lobsters and split hoofs animals like pig and whatnot. You can't eat those things because those are your animals that clean up and you don't want, blah, blah, blah. That was the reason of the law. You can't eat that. Well, no. In the New Testament, God said, as long as you bless, as long as you bless it, receive it with thanksgiving and sanctify it, there's nothing that's harmful for you to eat. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled that law. That law. People will try to say, oh, you got to follow the Sabbath. Well, okay, if we're going to follow the Sabbath, that means from sun, from Friday at sunset to Saturday evening at sunset, you can't do any work. You can't even travel to church unless you walk to your church and your church is less than a mile away. That was the only, that's the only, they were only allowed to walk one mile or less than a mile on the Sabbath. They've got elevators over there in um, in Israel that they have. They're on. They have what's called Sabbath elevators. So on the on Monday, um, so from uh, Saturday at sunset to Friday, all the way through the week to Friday sunset, you can get on the elevator in the lobby and say you're on the fifth floor. You can hit the button and go straight to the fifth floor. But if you do it from sunset on Friday to sunset on Saturday evening, you get on the elevator, and the elevator's in Sabbath mode, which means you got to wait for the elevator to arrive. There's no pushing the button. It'll get there when it gets there. The door will open when it opens. You step on, and you got to go to store. you got to go from the lobby to one, and it gets, lets everybody off or on or whatever they're doing. Then you got to go to two. Can you imagine getting on this thing when it was going up? And you're on one, and you just got to get to the lobby. I guarantee you they use the stairs if you're on that. But can you imagine, like, me on the third or fourth floor, and that thing's got to go all the way up, stopping at every floor? And then on the way down, it stops at every floor? Or on the tenth floor. Right? All right. We got a question in the back. Yes. Some of them were Jewish, yes. Some of them were Jewish, some of them were Gentiles, yes. No. Right. 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 Yes. 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 
Yeah. Because remember when Jesus was born, remember when born, when Je- remember when Jesus was on the cross and the sky turned black and, uh, and uh, the sky turned black and there was the great earthquake? You remember that? Remember, not only did the earthquake, but the veil in the temple, which there was this giant curtain. It was called the veil. There was this giant curtain. Uh, it was about four inches thick. And behind that veil is where the, what they, is where the presence of God was. And only certain priests could go back there at certain times of the year. That's where the presence of God dwelt. But when he died on the cross, the veil was ripped... And, and there was no division between man and God anymore. In other words, up until that time, if you needed to hear from God, you had to go to a priest. But when that veil ripped, all of the sudden, you could go to God on your own. Yep. But not only did the veil rip, but the entire temple. Remember, Jesus said that three days, you know, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the, the temple down. It's not going to stand anymore. The temple's not been there ever since. So they didn't even have a temple to do sacrifices in. So when he undid, when, when Jesus died on the cross, the old covenant went out and the new covenant came in. And uh, so there's not been any blood sacrifices since that day. None. There's been none since that day. But they were trying to get them to come back into that behavior is what they were trying to do. So Paul asked these questions. He said, this only would I learn of you. In other words, he said, I only have one question. Uh, did you receive, he said, received you the spirit by the work of the law or by the hearing of faith? How did you, how did you get the spirit of God today? Who in here has Christ? Born again. Did you get it because you worked the law or did you get it because you received Christ by faith? Second one. By faith. That was their answer. That was the question. He said, how did you get it? So now he asked you this question. So then, then, so then he asked them, he said, are you so foolish? He said, are you so foolish? In other words, are you so unintelligent? Are you so unwise? And how much you know, right about now, you're feeling a little offended. He said, Having begun in the Spirit, did we all begin in the Spirit? Yes. We all began in the Spirit. Are you now made perfect or righteous or justified by the flesh? In other words, is your righteousness now based on how you live? No. No. Our righteousness is always in Christ. Amen. Well, then, Pastor, why do we have to live clean and live right? You have to live clean and you have to live right to maintain that righteousness. You don't, obtaining righteousness and maintaining righteousness are two different things. Did you hear me? Obtaining, acquiring, getting, coming, get, getting that status of righteous is one thing. Uh, maintaining that status is an entirely different thing. They, th- they basically thought the same way most people today think about Christ, honestly. And so Paul was trying to think, straighten out their thinking. He said, have you, he said, so then he went on, and he goes, have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? In other words, you have to understand, he's talk, now he's talking to the new, he's talking to the new believers. 
Remember, Paul was once Saul who persecuted these new believers. So he knew and understood what they have been through up until now. Because when the new believers started living in the fullness of what Christ brought them to live in, they, were, they came under extreme persecution. People, it says that they were made, if you go over to the book of Hebrews, I'll give you the, re, the scripture reference. Well, let me give you the scripture reference for where he's talking Hebrews about. Hebrews 10.32. Um, Hebrews 10.32 and 33. Well, it says. 35. I know it's small writing. Well, my notes. Okay. Well, either way, <laughs> 32. The primary, yes, he's right. The, the margin says 35, but the two main verses that you want to look at is uh, 32 and 33. It says they were a gazing stock with reproaches, which are insults with profanities, ex, uh, um, uh, 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 and afflictions. What is a gazing stock? A gazing stock is you are made a spectacle with contempt. In other words, they, you know, have you ever? They laugh at you like you're crazy. Yeah. Basically, they think you're crazy. They're making fun of you. They're, they're, you're basically just something to be looked at and gazed at and made fun of. And, and, they, and they did this with, with um, extreme insults, with extreme profanities. They not only uh, did they give them insults with profanities, but they also afflicted them which means that many, many, many of them were tortured physically because of their faith in Christ. Many of them were. Do what? Yeah. Go back up to verse 32. Oh, well, yeah, go back up to 32. It says, but call to remembrance the former days in which you were illuminated. In other words, think about, think about he said, think about when you first came into Christ. I want you to think about, go back to the day that you got born again. Go back to the day that you got born again, and you started talking about the goodness of God, and you started talking about the goodness of Christ, and you were so fire out, you were so on fire for God that people were looking at you like you was a little crazy. That's what he's talking about here. He said, call to remembrance the former days in which you were illuminated. In other words, the, go back to the day that you came into the light of Christ. He said, you endured the great fight of afflictions. That means that you had to fight against your family coming against you because many of these people that were in this church, like Stacy pointed out, many of them were Jews. And so when you, know, when, you're, when you are a Jew and you're following Jewish law and you go, oh, no, I've received Jesus Christ, I don't have to do all that anymore, How many, many of them were rejected by their family. Many of them. And that hasn't changed today. Mama and Papa would faint listen, roll over in their grave. Listen, <laughs> listen. We lived it. We when we came home to Murphy, we'd already turned our life over to God, and God got us the house. But the house was known to be it was a family house. It went from one family member to us, and uh, the house was known as the party house. It was the party house. Uh, there was one problem though. The, four, the partiers were now illuminated in Christ. So when people came to the house to party, we sat down with them and talked to them about Jesus. It didn't remain the party house real long. <laughs> we came against some afflictions. We came against some afflictions. 
let's keep going right. on, that, on that. Verse on 33. That. It says, uh, partly, while you were made a gazing stock. This is where you're made a spectacle. This is where they made fun of you. And not only were you a spectacle, but uh, they, they came against you, laughed at you with contempt. With contempt. In other words, you know, have you been in the situation, you know, being born again, coming into Christ, getting some knowledge about Christ, but you're still hanging around the old sinner friends and family? And then they start to talk about, you know, their, their sins or whatever, and they say, well, I don't think it's bad, or I don't think it's an issue, or I don't think this, I think it's okay. And somebody will come up and say, well, let's find out what brother so-and-so has to say about it. You know, and then, huh? And they'll say, they'll, they'll say to you, I'll just throw me in his email, well, well, let's, 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 let's just ask Robbie what's God got to say on the subject. What's Robbie got to say about what she think about drinking? What she think about this or that? And uh, what they're doing is they're making a spectacle of you with contempt. They don't really want to know what you think. They don't really want to know what the Bible says. They're, because they'll say it, and you'll start to explain it, and then when you're looking down or something, they'll turn to the family, and they'll give them a wink and go, watch this, y'all. They're, they're making fun. That's what they're doing. They're making fun. That's, that's being made a spectacle with contempt, with contempt uh, and afflictions. And then go, jump down to verse 35. Let's jump down to verse 35. In there? Yep. Okay. It says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence. confidence. You can come under those types. People can treat you that way. People can come against you. And I see this happen all the time. You get somebody born again. You get somebody on fire for God. You get somebody that's just, I mean, they're, they're just whoosh. They're going out. They find out they're supposed to share Jesus. They're sharing Jesus with everything, and they start and they start having these afflictions. They start having these reproaches. They figure out that they're a spectacle, and people are making fun of them. And what happens is they begin to lose their confidence. They begin to close their mouth. They begin to lose their fire. But here Paul says in Hebrews, he said, Cast not therefore away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. That word recompense is an accounting term. Before I, before I figured out that I was called to be in the ministry, I was trying to figure out what to do, what I was supposed to do with my life at the age of 27. I was 27 years old, and I still didn't know what I was supposed to do with my life. They want these kids to figure it out in the sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? Lord, they haven't even lived a tenth of their life, and they want them to figure it out. 27 years old, I still didn't have a clue. But I really liked math. I was good at math, so I thought, well, accounting would be fine. It's so boring. I mean, it's fun, but it's boring. But in either case, it's great recompense. Recompense is an accounting term. It basically means payment uh, for work that has been done. When somebody owes you recompense, it means basically when you get your paycheck, that's your recompense. 
Your paycheck is what you are owed for the work that you have accomplished. So here, Paul says, no, 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 don't lose your confidence of who you are in Christ because there is a paycheck headed your way. And it's not just a regular paycheck. It's a great big paycheck. That's what he's talking about here. Well, all right, let's go back to Galatians now. Let's go back to Galatians now. Right. And don't forget, Paul was, Paul was a Roman. And how much you know, at this point in time, the Roman army, uh, the Roman Empire had money. They understood accounting terms. Romans understood accounting. All right. So he said this. He said, having suffered so many things in vain. And he says, if in vain... How much do you know? Have you suffered some things for Christ? Have you been made fun of for Christ? Have you had some issues for Christ? Have you gone through some things? Of course we have. Has it been in vain or did God pull you through every time? Every time. And there's here's the deal. Every time. Sometimes you don't realize you're going through the things. Yeah. When 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 I first, you know, went to work here at the Forest Service, I had some friends there and stuff, and they found out I was a Christian and suddenly it became kind of a game to them to see how far they could push me before I'd lose my witness. It, it became Baby almost Christian. a sport. I mean, I bet, I'd almost bet they were betting on, on, on how long is it going to take Mike before he blows his stack this time. Because they, they also knew I had an anger issue. Yeah. But, that the Lord was working on me. But the Lord was working on me. And, and, uh, and they, you know, it took, <laughs> I, worked for, I worked there for 20 years and it never stopped. But after a while... They couldn't. They couldn't get me to lose my witness anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, after a while. I mean, this was after such... a while. I learned the patience, and I learned to to the self control, and I learned not to explode at everything they said or did to me. You know, because uh, <laughs> it, it 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 just wasn't right. It was su- it was such a sport. It became common conversation in our house. Honey, how was your? How, he come home. Honey, how'd you do today? I did. He, he said, how, "How was your day?" Uh, and he, uh, it was okay or whatever, and I'd go, honey. I said, who you work with today? He'd tell me, oh, okay. I said, honey, how'd you do? He'd go, well, I did real good till about this point, and then I lost it. I said, honey, did you repent? He said, yeah. I said, to them? No. I said, you know what you got to do in the morning, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Later, he, the next day, he said, I went to work. And I repented for losing my witness. I asked for forgiveness. I told him I didn't behave right. And, I mean, that's, that's how, I mean, but that's, that's, that's just the way you got to do it sometimes. That's just the way you got to do it sometimes. So sometimes when people are picking on you, it's, it, they're, trying to, they're trying to see how much of a Christian you are. Yeah, they're Honestly. testing the waters. And here's the deal. Well, why does God let you go through that? Well, because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Mm-hmm. Now, some people, I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> Michael and I learned the hard way. We didn't know about the fruit of the Spirit and how the fruit worked. 
So we just knew, Lord, we need patience. We need patience with each other. We need patience with other people. Because both of us had an anger issue, and we thought, well, Lord, we just need some patience. And so we said, Lord, we need some patience. And we, Lord, prayed, we prayed together for it. We got yeah, together. We, we did got together. We got our face God before God and said, God, give us patience. Help us with patience. And you know what he said? Youth minister. <laughs> You know why? Because when you're a youth minister, you have to exercise patience. You have to exercise patience with them punky teenagers. You got to, and you really got to exercise patience with the parents. You got to, you got to exercise and listen. When you know, it's one thing when they're in sixth grade and girls are, you know, girls and boys have cooties and you know just. Ew. But when the when the cooties go away and they figure out the guys figure out that the girls are cute and the girls figure out that the boys are cute, oh Lord, that will exercise your patience because every time without fail, this girl likes that boy, but that boy likes that girl over there, not the one that actually likes him, and them two girls can't get along. I'm just, I'm just, I mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, how do we get there? Talking about patience, talking uh-huh. about, y'all, we are going on some crazy detours, but apparently it's necessary. Apparently it's necessary. See, <laughs> Mari put it up there. He said, love, joy, peace, long suffering. You know why, you know why the Bible uses the word long suffering instead of patience? Because you suffer long in your annoyance. You suffer long in your annoyance. In other words, this thing is working your ever-living last nerve, but you are going to keep your cool. You're going to keep your cool. Pastor, how would you learn to keep your cool? (laughs) Jesus said, I said, Jesus, I got a short fuse. You're going to have to help me lengthen this thing. He said, every time you say, I'm a child of like, you know, the Donald Duck cartoons and Bugs Bunny and all them, you know, all them. So the, and I'm a mental person. I'm very mental uh, vision. I'm not mental as in a mental case, but I'm mental as in I have mental. Uh, I see in pictures is what I'm trying to say. Visual person. And, um. So the best way I know how to describe my temper is, you know, Donald Duck, he's all chill, he's all cool, everything's just fine until something doesn't go just exactly his way. And then all of a sudden on the screen pops the thermometer and you see the thermometer and it starts to rise and rise and rise and rise and all of a sudden the top would explode and Donald Duck would lose his stuff. Well, that's how my temper was. So... I hate to tell you, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. We've been together how long? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not lying. So I said, Lord, I'm going to need some serious help with this. This is what the Lord said. He said, when you feel, this is what the Lord said, this, this is how the Lord talks to me. He said, when you feel your thermometer begin to rise, start to count. That's what he said. When, in other words, when Donald Duck's thermometer started to rise, 
I'd go, I said, count? He said, yeah, count to 10. I go, fine. I'd feel that thermometer going, and I'd count with the thermometer. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ah! Lose my mind. I would. God would say, no, that's not how I want you to count. He said, I want you to breathe with each count. So then I counted like this. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, got it. Now we explode. No. No. No, you breathe like this. Make a long, I can make, I'm like my spiritual dad. I can make a long story longer or shorter, whichever way you want it. I can do it either way. But we'll go with the shorter version. And God said, no, breathe like this. Breathe in. Hold it. Breathe out. That's one. (laughs) Well, that'll teach you some patience. What does that do? By the time you get to 10, your thermometer has come back down to the bottom. Hopefully. Hopefully. Depends on if the, if the guy causing it's quit hitting the button yet. <laughs> he ain't lying. There's been a few times that I've had to count to 20 or 30 that way. Because, uh, how in the world did, oh, affliction, affliction. Right, affliction. affliction. There's a whole lot affliction. of affliction that people don't understand. Affliction, <laughs> affliction, affliction. This is how we got here in affliction. We were talking about affliction for Christ's sake. Listen. If you lose your mind and you act crazy, you, you are losing your witness. When that happens, you've got to go back to the person that you lost your mind on. And you've got to go back to him and say, excuse right me, on. I'm sorry. I ele- this is a big thing in our house. It's a big thing. It's always been a big thing. Well, you're just pushing my buttons. You're just pushing my buttons. No, baby. You, me, myself, the Lord showed me this. Because I'd say, Lord, because I'd lose my temper with people. And I'd say, Lord, they're just pushing my buttons. And the Lord said, I'm going to sum it up real short because it took Pastor Tommy uh, two or three sermons to get me to figure this out. So I'm just going to sum it up. But here's what he, here was the point. He said, you are allowing them to get you to push your own button. Let me say it again. Me, Robbie, am making the choice to allow whoever I'm dealing with to get me in a state where I reach up, me, Robbie, I reach up and I push my own trigger that starts the anger thermometer. I'm pushing my own buttons. I am choosing to take what they're saying personally. I am choosing to put words in their mouth that they're not literally saying. I am choosing these issues. This is one of the problems. So where I was assuming that I was being afflicted, I was be, people were coming against me, the only person afflicting me was myself. The only person afflicting me was myself. So affliction comes from all kinds of places. Uh, here we started with this. So 
got done, so lose my mind, you know, lose my temper, my thermometer, thermometer explodes, there's mercury everywhere, you got to clean up the mess, you got to go back to the person you explode on, and you got to say, excuse me, I'm a Christian, I am supposed to have patience, I am supposed to have self-control, I failed to operate in both, I lost my witness, I did not exhibit Christ, I am so incredibly sorry, Will you please forgive me? And they'll go, oh, honey, it's fine. We all get angry from time to time. But nope. Excuse me. No. I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to have patience. I'm supposed to have self-control. I lost both of those. I lost my witness. I made a bad example of Christ. Will you please forgive me? It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. No. Did I ask them to tell me it was all right? Did I ask them to tell me, you know, we all do it? What did I ask for them to forgive me? You have to go through it over and over and over with that person until they finally go, okay, okay, I get it. You're forgiven. And I've had people that have made me go through it five and six and seven times before they figured out, this chick is not going to let me go until I say, I forgive you. But it wasn't about them. It was about me, oh me, Lord, putting me, making my flesh behave. Because after you do that a few times, your flesh is going to figure out, they're going to make me do this every single time. Yep, and then your flesh goes, you know, maybe it's not worth it. You know what? <laughs> For 23 years, I've been having to do that when I lose my witness. Why? Because when I let up, my flesh starts to act up. Got to keep that flesh under. You got to keep that flesh under. And this is for everything in life. I don't know how we ended up on that detour, but obviously... It was uh, a good one, though. Obviously, some people in the house and some people online... Needed it. We can all use that one. <laughs> and, and here's the deal. You use it in every one of the nine fruits. Every single one of them. All right. So, verse praise five? the Lord. We were on verse 5. <laughs> Thank we you, were, Jesus. I thought we were going to go further this I time. thought so, but maybe not. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> he, therefore, that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doth he it by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith. We just took a detour. Did we do it by the law or did we do it by, by, the, by faith? By faith. We went off in the spirit by faith. faith. By faith. Because the law would have said, because law said, stay right on track. Yep. The spirit said, no, no, take a detour. Take a detour. Somebody needs it. Somebody needs it. Somebody in the house, and I'm going to tell you right now, somebody online needs it. Somebody that hears this message online needs it. I know that, too. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. Now we're verse 6 where we wanted to get to. Let's go. We're going to start right here. All right. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Oh, praise the Lord. Here's another one of those accounting terms. Accounted. This word accounted means that his faith was equal to righteousness. This is a, like I said, this is a bookkeeping term. No, but it didn't say he, Abraham had faith. It said he believed God. Correct. Well, go, what do you think faith is? That's 
what faith is, is believing God. Faith, faith is simply, because, you know, again, I'm big on the, I'm old school cartoons. You know, old school cartoons, remember the letters would fall from the sky? And the ground would crack underneath it? For some people, when you say, just have faith, they just get squished under those letters crashing on top of their head. Because the idea of faith is just beyond their understanding. But faith is not that hard to understand. And, faith and some is, people have that problem with be, the word belief. Yeah. But all belief is is trust. Yeah, they have You're that problem with sin, that too. God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Yeah. So believing, faith, both of those things means that you have an unwavering, concrete trust that God is who he said he is, and God will do what he said he would do. Amen. That's what faith is. It's just, God said it, I believe it, that, that settles, settles it. it, nothing more to be said on the subject. Amen. That's what it is. So Abraham had that kind of faith. Had that kind of faith. God said that I was going to have a son. God said that he was going to make me the father of many nations. Therefore, he said it. And I believed it, and it'll come to pass. And God how said much that you know? the whole world would be blessed through him. But how much do you know? He had to stand in faith for 25 years, unwavering. Before he had a child. Unwavering. God promised him. He got into sin. He got into a mess for 25 years. Most people can't even stay in faith for 25 minutes. I'm not being ugly. I'm just speaking facts. I mean, seriously, you can get up, you can get, I mean, you can preach a fantastic message on healing. I mean, you can get it. Woo, man, I got it, I got it. I know it's true. Oh, I know it's true. Just get me up there, lay hands on me. Should you lay hands on me? It's mine, oh, mine, I got it. They come up here, you lay hands on them, they scream, shout, run, knock a few people over, break a few or two. They go back and the service gets released. They go back in the bathroom they get to, and they get to check in. Is it healed? They look at the spot, whatever, and it's there. And all of a sudden, they ain't got no faith no more. I mean, that didn't even last 25 minutes. No, it didn't say faith comes by seeing. It says Faith comes by believing, by trusting, by standing. All right. We are not done with this word yet. Oh, okay. This is a bookkeeping term, which means that the books or the accounts have been reconciled or balanced. So, when, so it says, even as Abraham had faith in God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. In other words, when Abraham showed faith in God, immediately Abraham was received as righteous. The moment that we put our faith in Jesus Christ and receive him as Lord, that's the moment that we are made righteous in Christ. Amen. It's, it's, a, it's, it's accounted to us for righteousness. It's, just, it's the very same moment. Now, I didn't point that out last week. So the Holy Spirit said, you've got to get back there. I said, okay, Lord, we'll go back there. <laughs> All right, so we went back there soon. Let's go a little bit further. All right, verse 7. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Now, if you talk about covenant, if you go back to Genesis chapter 15, 16, and 17, 
where the covenant is laid out, how far did the covenant reach? Was it just for Abraham? Was the covenant just for Abraham? No. It was for Abraham and his children and his children's children for all the generations. Obviously, we're not going to get to the rest of that tonight. But we're going to see in Genesis that God was not talking about physical children. He was talking about children of faith. So if you will have the same faith that Abraham had, then you are a child of Abraham, and therefore you get all of the covenant blessings. Amen. What's included in the covenant blessings? The protection of God, the provision of God, the wealth of God, the security of God, the power, authority, and dominion of God. Every one need uh, being supplied according to his riches and glory. Amen. The ability of God. Everything, basically, what, <laughs> basically, everything that belongs to God now belongs to you because you put faith in his son. I mean, it don't get better than that. Amen. All right. So knowing, therefore, that, let's say it this way, knowing, therefore, that you or I, which are of faith, are you of faith? Amen. Are you of faith? Amen. Do you stand in God? Do you trust God? Do you believe God? Yes, I If do. you do, then you are a child, uh, then you are the same, or then, then we are the children of Abraham. So you can boldly declare, Lord, I am a child of Abraham. Amen. Therefore, the covenant blessings, oh, Lord, therefore, the covenant blessings belong to me. Amen. The other day, the other morning, so a few mornings ago, um, I'm, I'll tell you exactly what morning it was. It was the same morning that Brother Richard called me about the 500. So was that last Wednesday? I believe it was last Wednesday because we started Galatians. We talked about this verse. Lord, I'm sorry, I didn't see it. That morning, clear as a bell, I woke up like, I mean, I didn't, as far as I know, I didn't go anywhere in the spirit, but I woke up like I had been, like I had just had a conversation with the Lord face to face. But I don't, I didn't have the dream. It wasn't a dream. It was just a knowing. It was just a revelation. But this word, but what was the revelation? Blessed. 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 B-L-E-S-S-E-D. Blessed means empowered to get. The word blessed, New Testament and Old Testament, means empowered to get. Empowered to get. This word is actually rooted in the Latin base B-L-E-S-T, blessed instead of blessed or blessed, it's blessed, B-L-E-S-T. That word blessed, B-L-E-S-T, actually means blood. 
It actually means blood. How do we how how are we able to be in Christ by the blood that He poured out? Because we are because we are in Him, so we are in Christ because of the blood. Therefore, and what did we do to get in Christ? We had what faith. So we, look at this verse. So then, we, then they which be of faith are what? Blessed by the blood of Christ with who? Faithful Abraham. This means that we're able to say, Lord, because of your covenant with Abraham, because I have received Jesus Christ, and the work that he did by the blood, I am blessed to take part in everything of the covenant. Which means I have been given the power to get prosperity. I have been given the power to gain health, health and healing. I have been blessed. Actually, you're not even trying to get healed. You are already healed. You are already whole. Because you are blessed, it already belongs to you. You already have the ability. There's nothing in this life. I woke up with this understanding. It was incredible to me. But I haven't said anything because I couldn't, I, I couldn't place my finger on it. I couldn't get it until I just read this verse. And it just clicked with me. Listen, we have already been given the power to obtain absolutely everything that is God in and through the blood of Jesus Christ. The only reason we don't walk in higher power and authority than we do is because we waver in our faith. We waver. God doesn't waver. We waver. We go, God, do you really want me to be prosperous? Yes! Go read Proverbs. It talks about how he, how, how he laid out through wisdom and knowledge. He laid out all of the treasures of the world for us. Go, go find out how rich Abraham was. Get in the word and study out how incredibly rich Jesus actually was. Don't take some minister's Word for it that Jesus was poor because he traveled. Listen, have you ever been able to travel poor? Last time I checked, anytime I wanted to travel anywhere, the first question is, do we have the money? That's always the first question. Do we have the money? I mean, come on. Listen, last time I checked, and I'm not being mean, and if, you're, if somebody's in this situation and they hear this message, I'm not condemning you, I'm praying for you. But when was the last time you walked past a homeless person who hasn't showered in a few days, that's talking all kinds of crazy things, when was the last time you gave that person any of your attention? In fact, most of the time, you see that, and before you even get close enough to hear what they say, you're already going to the other side of the road, turning your face from them. But yet you want us to believe that that's how Jesus traveled and the world flocked to him? No. Why? Because he was operating in the blessings of Abraham. He wasn't operating.
operating in the in, in the riches of heaven. He was operating in the blessings of Abraham. He had to. He had to. If God had bestowed wealth, riches, and provision on Jesus as a man, he would have broken the law. Jesus would have been supernaturally endowed with God and would not have been able to be afflicted and understand the hardships of this world if God was supernaturally supplying him from heaven. No. The only way that Jesus could understand what it's like to be us is to walk like us, which meant he had to use his faith just like we have to use our faith. But he knew his father, God. Why? He had been trained about him from the day he was born. Why do we struggle in faith? Because we haven't been trained like we should from the day of birth. Well, guess what? We've been born again. So now it's time to train ourselves. It's time to move on. It's time to say, you know what, Father? I have the blessings. You're not trying to get the blessings. You have the blessings. I was with Jackie all day yesterday. She went and took her test, and we did a couple of other things. And uh, she was done with her test by 930 in the morning. And they said, well, we'll email you your results through the day. And they all, they, they, they all, they all, uh, all I guess y'all had the contact information for the people that you tested with or whatever. And, and, you know, really, I think we sat and talked in the parking lot for probably, what, 20 or 30 minutes or an hour later for, for some period of time, for some period of time. And she looked at me and she said, everybody has their results but me. <laughs> and then later in the day, she's like, oh, my gosh. Everybody has their results. Every, everybody. Every, I, I've checked all my emails. No, I, I don't have my results. And then finally she said, shut up, Satan. And I said, what? She said, I just told the devil to shut up. He's over here telling me that, that, that I failed, and that's why they haven't sent me my email. So I just told him to shut up. I said, good. It's about time you stood in your faith. <laughs> it wasn't until after we got home, and she was getting ready to go to work. So about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, she finally called me. Or she called me, and, and she, was in she was almost in tears, and I said, what's going on? What's wrong? Yeah, I, I don't. It was a long day yesterday. Anyways, so she called, and I said, what's going on? And she said, I miss Martin. I said, well, we knew you would. How did we know? Because she did the work, and she trusted on God to give her the grade that she had set her heart on. Amen. When she went in the classroom, she stayed in faith now i'm gonna pick on her a little bit here because she said oh jesus i got this one jesus i got this one jesus i got that one. Oh wait holy ghost uh that one's yours what she should have done is she should have said thank you jesus that's I, I agree with that answer thank you jesus i agree with that answer Thank you, Jesus. I agree with that one. Uh, Jesus, can you get the Holy Ghost to give me this answer? Because I'm struggling. Thank you, Jesus. I got the answer. That's what she should have done. That's what she should have done. But how much you know? It takes training to get there. It takes training to get there. Well, glory to God. So when they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham, guess what? We're blessed 
with faithful Abraham. Well, glory to God. We didn't even get as far this week as we got last week. But praise the Lord, it's a good place to stop. I think Michael, I don't know, I think Michael set something in motion. I promise, Lord, I don't think, I hope, it's going to take us six months to get through the book of Galatians. Because uh, there's some really good stuff in the rest of this chapter. <laughs> there's some really good stuff in the rest of this chapter. Well, praise the Lord, we've been blessed to get. And if we've been blessed to get, then guess what? That means we've been blessed to give. So I pray all the time. I pray like Dad Hagen. Wait, Dad Hagen. Dad Hagen used to pray. I pray what he used to pray. He said, Lord, make me a blessing to be a blessing. Make me a blessing to be a blessing. And so that's what we pray. That's what we believe. Lord, make me a blessing to be a blessing. And the Lord has blessed us and continues to bless us. We are so blessed. And, uh, you know... Um, you know, Pastor Michael's working like, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but he's working from like 7.30 in the morning till like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night every day. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for the blessings. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for the blessings. So, uh, but we do look forward to the day, and, we, and I, I just know that I know the day is not far away, that he's not going to have to do that job anymore because the Lord's going to bless us so supernaturally that uh, we'll go from giving 25s and 50s and 100s, that we're going to go to the Lord who corrected me today. He said, why do, you, why do you only say thousands? I said, what, Lord? He said, you say that uh, you go from the days of 25s, you know, you, you, that you're giving 25s, 50s, and 100s, but you look forward to the days that you're giving thousands. He said, how come, how come uh, that one's not in line with the other one? And I said, well, Lord, all right. I said, Lord, I thank you that right now we're giving 25s, 50s, and 100s, but I look forward to the day that we're giving thousands, ten thousands, and hundreds of thousands of dollars in Jesus' name to the kingdom. How much you know? Uh, God will push your faith. God will push your faith. So praise the Lord. And, you know, there was a day once upon a time I would have choked on that statement. <laughs> Lord, I don't know if I can, Lord, I don't know if I can say those words. I remember the first time I wrote a, thousand, a check for $1,000 or more, and I was like, let me see that. How do you do that? Like, I mean, I had to study that check, how to fit it on there and everything. I was like, Lord, how do you, how you write a check that big? I've gotten pretty good at it now. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, I guess you better uh, bless the tithes and the offerings, or I'm not going to hush because I'm excited <laughs> about the word. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank you for this for this word we thank you that it grows and feeds our spirit that 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 our faith is strengthened and and, and grown just by the hearing of this word lord we thank you that for for this covenant that 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 you have Hi, put us made us a part of that you've blessed us by even though we weren't by birth but we were we are we are able to become a part of this covenant this covenant that was signed with the blood of your son this covenant that was made for us with his blood that we didn't have to pay the price, that he paid it for us. We thank you so much for that, Lord. We have no idea how much that means. We don't have the slightest inkling how much that means, how much that cost and, and the price that was paid. We have no idea. Thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we just thank you for it. We know that, that you paid that price just for us. You paid that price just so that we wouldn't have to pay the price, the penalty ourselves. And we thank you so much for that. And we are so blessed by that that we want to bless you and that we want to see your, 
your work done on earth as it is in heaven. And therefore, we give into your kingdom with grateful hearts. Lord, we just love you. And we thank, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we do glorify you. We do magnify you. Father, it's an honor to sow. It's an honor to be with family. It's an honor to be with friends. It's an honor to be in your presence. Father, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we just ask that you bless this offering and every offering sowed abundantly above all that we could ask or thank, shaken together, pressed down, shaken together, and running over with an abundance flow, making us a blessing to be a blessing. Satan, you take your filthy hands off of our increase of every area of life. You release it. You let it go. You return the sevenfold of everything that you've stolen. Angels, go forth and get it according to the word and cause prosperity in every area of life to come. Father, we thank you that the word is true and the word is working. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Father. I tell you what, it is supernatural how the Lord takes care of his people when you put your trust in provision, I mean, when you, you, you just put your trust in him, it's just supernatural how he'll take care of you. And I'm telling you what, in the beginning, it 